challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. So excited that you're joining me here on the Great Man Podcast. Before I dive into my topic for this episode, let me talk to you for a moment about what I want you to do with your Christmas gifts. <laughs> How's that for an intro? I would like for you to consider with every man in your life that you use at least part of your Christmas gifts to them to encourage righteous manhood. Now, I know this can sound self-serving since, of course, I write and sell books. And of course, I want you to consider my books as gifts. I want you to give men building your band of brothers. Uh, it's only, what, about 10 bucks. Uh, I want you to give Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and I certainly want you to give Men on Fire, the paperback that I brought out just this year, which is having such an impact, of course, and I'm not hiding that. But there are a lot of other great books. There are a lot of other awesome books for men, and you know what they are, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, and oh gosh, too many even to mention. So in this Christmas, I want you if you will, if you can, if you have the resources, include with your gifts or make as your gifts good books for men, encouraging righteous manhood. Listen, we all know this Christmas is going to happen during a pretty difficult and dark time. So why not encourage men in general, but then also encourage men as men to be better men, to be great men, teach them how to fight for themselves, teach them how to stand, teach them how to be what they're meant to be for their families and their band of brothers, etc. So uh, listen, use my books if they're helpful to you. If not, use somebody else's books. But the point is, in your Christmas giving this year, please give uh, as part of the gift, as an add-on at least, if not as the core of the gift, good books about righteous manhood. All right, I'm proud of you. Listen, I want to talk to you in this podcast about keeping the darkness at bay. I want to talk to you about what it's going to require, what it always requires to keep the darkness of depression and disillusionment and despair at bay. I want to be real honest with you. We're living through some pretty difficult times. Some of you have lost your job. Some of you have the lean, are heading towards the leanest Christmas you've ever had. Uh, some of you are doing fine financially, uh, but the despair, uh, the loneliness, the challenge to your family, what you see happening in the lives of your kids, maybe your wives, what you see happening with your band of brothers. Some of you are single. You live alone. You spend a lot of time on the couch. You spend a lot of time streaming Netflix and Hulu and whatever. And so it hasn't been the most inspiring time. And and the, 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 the demons can come in the night. The gremlins can creep into your brain. Uh, the darkness can can feel around the edge of your existence. Uh, I know what that's like. I don't suffer biological depression. I don't suffer from depression in general. But everybody who wants to live a significant life has to push back against the darkness. The darkness is just a general term for every disparaging, disillusioning, um, depressing, talk you out of your destiny, dim your vision kind of force that comes against you. And I, you've heard me talk before about the greats in history, Churchill, Lincoln, others who suffered just debilitating depression and had to overcome it to achieve. All of us have to do that at some level. All of us, hear me, all of us 
Everybody who accomplishes anything, everybody who intends to live beyond just an animal existence, uh, everybody who wants to have good friendships, accomplish in school, um, have a decent marriage, have a decent dating life, um, live as a, as a godly person. I, I, all of us who want to press against the norm and accomplish something exceptional, we have the, the, the demons come and they tend to come in the night and they tend to come in terms of the, in, in the dark times and the challenging times. And by the way, I'm meaning demons in this context in the broad sense. I believe in demons, but I mean this in the broad sense of just all the forces that come to mean evil in your soul. So I want to talk to you very briefly about seven things I I urge you to do. Uh, Listen, in the next month, we are probably going to go through the hardest time of this pandemic. Uh, I, I'm here in the U.S. Welcome to all of you who listen to this podcast around the world. In the U.S., um, we know that 407,000 men and women were killed during World War II. And right now we're pressing on 300,000 COVID deaths. It's very likely that we will eventually be able to say in the next months, unless, of course, these um, vaccinations really get here early and work quickly, it's likely we're going to hit uh, 407,000 deaths in America due to COVID. Well, that means we will have more people die from COVID than died during World War II. Think about the vast stretches of cemeteries, the grass, vast stretches of gravestones um, in, in, in France, in Germany, around the world, um, where I've, I've stood there uh, in the American cemetery in Manila and just wept because of the lives lost. And that's what's what could be happening now. We could hit almost that number or exceed that number. Now, why am I telling you this? We, we, I, two, 2021 is going to be the year we break through on this COVID thing. And, and good life, life is going to return. I'm always saying good things are coming, good days are ahead. But we're going to go through some dark times in the meantime. And it could be a rather difficult Christmas Eve, even though I'm saying this as Christmas is about two or three weeks away. So get ready. Get ready for some months when the darkness is trying to creep in. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I want this podcast to be realistic, hard-hitting, nitty-gritty, and inspiring at the same time. So here are the seven things, and they're not in any particular order, but here are the seven things I think are essential for keeping the darkness at bay. First of all, pray. Now, you know every time I mention my faith or every time I mention spirituality and Christianity that I say to you, I know I have a lot of people listening to this podcast who aren't Christians like I am. You know you're welcome. You know I love you. I talk to you by email and by phone. I've got Sikhs. I've got Muslims. I got Buddhists. I got every kind of person. I got atheists. I got every kind of person talking to me. I got some Australian atheists who are some of my favorite people to hear from, and they just let me know. I don't agree with you on faith like everything you say about manhood. Great. You're welcome. But Prayer is not just crying out to God to, to answer, to, to, uh, uh, to do something. It's not just that. It certainly is that, of course. Prayer is also locating you in kind of a generational GPS, locating you in where you need to be. When I go before God and pray, it puts me in the uh, create, created relationship, the create, creation. He's the creator, I'm the creation, and he determined when I would live he put me here. He knew that before I was even born that I would live through this pandemic. He knew what resources I would need. So prayer is not just a matter of making your request known. Great. It also is a matter of locating you in right relationship with God and causing you to walk away from that prayer time aware that you were born for this. That's, that's the phrase I want you to keep in mind. Prayer reminds you, strengthens you, commissions you, 
in light of the fact that you were born for this. When I go to prayer today, for example, I'm doing this on Monday the 7th, Pearl Harbor Day, by the way. When I go to prayer today, I've already been in prayer for this podcast. When I go to prayer today, um, I will walk away from those prayer moments um, with a, a steely conviction in my heart that I was born for this. I was destined for this. I was made for this. I'm here as a creator, as a creation. I'm sorry, not a creator, but a creation. Uh, per, a man put in a certain time, certain place, certain circumstances, and I have divine resources to face that. Now, that's that. aside from the request that I may make before God, that's what gets solidified in my soul, and that's why I'm urging prayer uh, on you. Strongly urge that when the darkness comes, and by the way, even when the darkness, especially when the darkness is not there, this is this becomes a, a constant certainty, kind of a Holy Spirit GPS in your life, a divine GPS to locate you generationally and in terms of your life and what you're made to face. And when you pray only in crisis, uh, you don't enter that crisis with the solidified sense uh, that you were made for this. I walk around with a sense that I was born to face what I'm facing. And I got to tell you, 2020, um, yeah, COVID, yeah, economic upheaval, you wouldn't believe what I have dealt with in this year, what my family has dealt with. Uh, we've had great victories, but there has been a level of challenge this year, unlike probably I faced in any year of my life. Um, and we've come out on the other side. But as soon as each one of those began, because I'm a praying man, because I'm a man who walks with God as best he understands, I immediately said I was born for this. I was born for this. Health challenge, born for this. Uh, real estate, uh, problems, massive problems with homes, um, damage done, I was born for this. Uh, whatever financial challenges, I was I was born for this. So that comes from prayer, and that's why I'm urging prayer. For, there are a hundred other reasons you should pray, but when it comes to uh, the darkness creeping into your soul, that's, that's one of the main reasons. Number two, and this is certainly not the next in importance, but it's absolutely critical, and that is self-talk. One of the things the darkness does, one of the things the demons whisper in your ears, one of the things the negative side of your soul does is it starts getting you talking to yourself in negative terms. Have you ever said to yourself, I'm so stupid? Have you ever said to yourself, I am so clumsy? Have you ever said to yourself, nobody likes being with me? I'm just, I just need to go hide in a cave. Uh, have you ever said to yourself, I am ugly, man, I look in the mirror. I'm just ugly. Have you ever said any negative thing like that? I'll never, I never get chosen for the team. I, I'm never going to make that football team. I'm never going to, you know, I'll never, I'll never really get beyond my bills. I mean, have you ever said those things to yourself uh, as though they're true? Now I am not trying to get into some weird mystical new agey kind of self, uh, self talk, you know, every day and every way I'm getting better and better. But when you speak negatively to yourself, it's as powerful as somebody else else in authority in your life speaking negatively to you. If every day I lived, my wife got up and said, you're stupid, you're ugly, I don't love you, and I can't believe I married you. Imagine what that would do throughout my life. Imagine what that would do. Now, she says, of course, just the opposite. Bev's amazing. But my point is, if someone like your wife, your father, your mother, your siblings, your coaches, your teachers, whoever, said those kind of things to you, it would be, we would, we, the word we often use is that it's a curse. It becomes a curse. It becomes something you believe that then becomes progressively a reality in your life. Well, what you say to yourself is equally important, if not even more important. So guard the self-talk. Don't let the darkness convince you uh, that you're better off dead. 
Don't let the darkness convince you that you'll always be fat and ugly and unchosen because you're not fat and ugly and unchosen. Um, Don't let the darkness creep into your brain so that you are saying silently in your soul and out loud to yourself and maybe to others things that are not true but are coming out of your depression and your despair and your disillusionment. Your words matter. So start changing your words. Start changing what you say about yourself. Number three, and I've got to I've got to just glance over this, but use movies, books, poetry, stories. I do this all the time. It's one of my main inspirations, aside from my faith and my friends. Um, I, I watch inspiring movies. I watch movies about leadership. I watch movies about great victories. Uh, I, I watch. Uh, I read books uh, about things that are touching to me. I move me. I read poetry. Um, I read stories. Maybe they're told in magazines, or or maybe they're, they're they're on a YouTube video of some some cool, exciting thing. Some vet remembering what happened in a battle, or an athlete. I remember, I was very inspired by a female athlete story on YouTube of late, and so on. I feed on that stuff. I look for that stuff. Uh, literally, you can you can do be it can be as simple as go onto YouTube and type in uh, inspiring stories and just start feeding. It's exactly what I do. Uh, in addition to the fact that I have a regular diet of movies, for example, on Netflix right now, there's a kind of an interesting animated military uh, series. I think it's got four parts in it, and it's called The Liberator. It's unusual. I don't even know how they made it. It looks like actual human actors, but they've been cartoonized. Forgive me for not knowing uh, the technical terms for all of this. Well, it's about a unit, an actual unit, by the way. It's based on on actual events during World War II that was just unbelievably heroic and largely because of the way the, the commanding officer led. Well, I'm inspired by it. I'm inspired by watching Apollo 13. Uh, I'm inspired by watching, I don't know, Seabiscuit. Uh, I'm in, I mention it all the time because I watch it all the time. I'm inspired by Chariots of Fire. Uh, I'm inspired by any movie that's, that's got, I'm inspired by the King's Speech. Anywhere there's a victory, anywhere there's a breakthrough, anywhere there are people overcoming themselves, I watch these movies. I recommend them to my friends. My, right now, my wife's out of town for a couple of days. I'll probably, if I'm not watching a football game tonight on Monday night, I'll probably watch one of these old movies and and, and sit there and eat dinner by myself and, and be inspired. That's how I keep myself going. And so I recommend strongly that you feed heroic feed themes of heroic and greatness and accomplishment and inspiration because i'm going to tell you something quite serious quite literally people have gone through worse than we're going through today even when we get on the other side of this thing and even if 407,000 people die of covid and even if some of them are god forbid people i know i've already known some i'm telling you that that people have gone through worse and why shouldn't i know their story and why shouldn't i know what they clung to and why shouldn't i know um what they what they what they believe in. All right, number th- number four, talk to your friends and draw out the heroic. Now your friends can get together like my friends, talk smack, eat, drink, have fun, and you know, and just it's just a joy to be with them. Uh, but you're not necessarily inspired in a way that overcomes the darkness. Um, but I, when I'm going through a tough time, I I may not even in some time, some cases tell the friends that I'm with. I mean, it's not that I hide stuff. It's just that I don't necessarily want to dump on them that I'm feeling rejected today, you know? So I'll say to them, one of the, Hey, what's the most, what's the biggest victory you've had this week? What's the biggest victory you've had this week? Now the spotlight's on them, not me. Uh, so they don't even think, well, Stephen needs to be inspired, but they'll tell me, you know, I had a real victory Monday morning. I got up, I went in, I decided to do certain thing. I prayed about it. I did such and such. And you know what? By noon, so-and-so had happened. 
Great. All right, Bob, that's John's story. What about you? And, and, and before long, we got this inspiration group going and all I'm doing is sitting over breakfast or all I'm doing is on a conference call or a Zoom call. All I'm doing is having lunch. But I've drawn out the inspiration from my friends and not just in the, you know, tell me the big World War II battle story, but in the what's happening to you. And I get inspired. Sometimes you have to draw out inspiration, especially guys. Guys get together. They gripe about the football game. They talk about what they're going to eat. Uh, they they start talking smack about who's doing more push-ups or whatever. They don't necessarily gravitate automatically to inspiration. That's fine. That's being human. You don't do that 24-7. But you do want to draw it out. And a simple question will do it. Hey, JT. Hey, Bob. Uh, hey, Tobes. What's the what's the most inspiring thing that's happened to you recently? What, what victory have you had here? My, my, one of my dearest friends is David Toberty. I call him Tobes. He was my college roommate back in the dark ages. And I have no problem getting on the phone and saying, okay, what's a, what's a big victory you've had of late? He's a L.A. lawyer. He's accomplished. He, he does a lot of great things, has an awesome family. What's the inspiration? What was the biggest inspirational breakthrough you had with your daughter or or whatever? I'll just, I'll just ask in any area that happens to be their strength. You should do the same thing. Draw inspiration from your friends without putting a hose in their chest and sucking all the life out. Just draw it by asking the right kind of questions. Okay. Uh, Number five, review your past victories. Review your past victories. I mean, literally go look at your letter jacket. I mean, literally go look at photographs. I mean, literally tell yourself the story of what happened. I was just this morning thinking about something that happened once when I was uh, part of a performance at the Kennedy Center. I was to read something I was written was supposed to write at the beginning of a massive performance with major stars at the Kennedy Center. And I'm telling you, uh, I, when I got to the Kennedy Center for rehearsal, they said, you're going to have to coordinate this uh, with a piece of music the orchestra is going to play. I mean, I about passed out. I can't I can't read music when the when the, the tune goes to A minor. I don't know it because I don't know what A minor is. <laughs> I don't know what the fourth bar is. And I had I mean, I was terrified that I was going to screw this thing up. Well, without going into all the details, it hit perfectly that night. It was, it, it was, I couldn't have done it better if I could, if I was playing the music myself. And believe me, that was miraculous because I didn't know what I was doing. I was going based on head nods of the conductor. I mean, that was, it was one of the scariest moments of my life. And the Kennedy Center was jammed. Well, it worked out. And so all that, all that, all that went, went perfectly. And so I review those kind of victories. Hey, you got through that. Hey, you got through college. Uh, hey, you, you know, you passed that exam uh, in foreign policy and in, in your senior year in, in university. Uh, hey, you did this, you did that, you paid for that, you got that taken care of, you bought this, you, you overcame such and such, you overcame that thing in your soul, uh, you got past that situation. Uh, you review your past victories. It's one of the great arts of manhood. It's one of the great arts of being a human being. All right. Number six, immerse yourself in the poetry of life. Now, that's a phrase that I made up. Immerse yourself in the poetry of life. You know, sometimes we get our nose so much up against the the the, the, the hateite block, the concrete of the hard things in life that we don't do the fun things. Sometimes a walk in nature, sometimes bathing a child. If you know, you got a child in your life. Um, and, and, uh, you know, your niece, your nephew, your own child, go bathe a child and put bubbles on their head and have a laugh and enjoy the poetry of life. Read a simple story to a child as they go to bed. Um, you know, I've even, I've even done things I don't mind telling you. I've even watched, uh, gone on YouTube to watch some of the cartoons I watched as a kid, just to remember the days of innocence, just to remember a little bit of inspiration, just remember the poetry of life, just remember the beauty of it. I go back to speeches that have moved me. I go back to YouTube videos. 
videos of people singing songs that have moved me. I go back, uh, I, you know, I go on YouTube to, to listen to major poets read their own works, the poems that have inspired me. Um, you can you do, do all kinds of things. Uh, but get close to the poetry of life, the beauty of life, the sweetness of life, whatever it is. I mean, I'm not going to get too graphic here, but I know a couple who, when they have hard times, one of the things they do is give each other non-sexual massages. I mean, actual massages. And they've asked a massage therapist to teach them how to do it fairly well. So they love on each other. They're rubbing each other. Yeah, there's a little romance and intimacy to it. They're also serving each other. They're remembering the beauty of the gift of each other. Uh, you know, and that's how they do it. Uh, it's not the only way they do it, but it's it's one of the ways that they remember the poetry of life. Find it. You're an adult. Find the poetry. Find the sweetness. Is it a dog? Is it a relationship? Is it children? Is it poetry? Is it nature? What is it? Find it. Get in it. Stay close to it. Finally, celebrate. Celebrate. You say celebrate what? Celebrate whatever. Celebrate stuff. Celebrate if the kid brings home a decent report card here in the next week. If the if you get report cards before Christmas or even after, and you know it's a high, you got to got. If I don't care if it's not as high a report card as you want, you got an A in that one class he was fighting for. Hey hey hey, we're gonna order pizza. We're gonna order pizza and watch a movie. It's Johnny Night. You know, um, celebrate with your friends, celebrate victory, celebrate the raise, celebrate the Christmas bonus, celebrate whatever, celebrate that the girl said yes for the date, celebrate. Uh, celebrate that we're stepping into a new year. If you don't have anything else to celebrate, celebrate the Dr. Fauci said, we're very likely today to be out of the the darkness of this thing in the, in the first quarter of this next year. Hey, that's fantastic news. We'll remember this year forever, won't we? But the fact is, even, even the Dr. Fauci, who I sometimes humorously call Dr. Darkness behind the scenes, just for, just for fun, I respect him very much. Um, but he can make some dark predictions. Well, now he's saying, hey, we're going to be on the other side of this fairly soon. In fact, the, the vaccines are going to start being injected into people. And within the next week, he said today on CNN. All right. Celebrate whatever you got to celebrate. Celebrate, of course, Christmas, of course, New Year's, of course, Advent, of course, you know, all, all of the things there are to celebrate. Um, but but what I'm saying is celebrate anything. Celebrations. It, it doesn't have to be an expensive dinner at Morton's or whatever. It, it just needs to be order up some pizza, raise a glass of root beer for heaven's sakes, have some chocolate chip cookies. It's Johnny night. It's Ray's night. It's happy family night. It's we killed the bug in the in the kids room night, <laughs> whatever. Make things a celebration. It's amazing. I don't mean to be stupid about it, but have fun and celebrate. By the way, take a moment right now. Look around where you are. You're in an awesome car, maybe. You're you're in maybe you're sitting, I hope not, but in the bathroom of a lovely house um, or your dorm room. Uh, the fact is that you've got it better than most people have ever had it in history. You got a cell phone in your hand. You got 20 bucks in your pocket. You've got a home that's not going to be broken into. You got food. You got clothing. uh, You got people who love you. You're doing better than most people in history. And so celebrate that. All right. I've gone long, but it's because this is important. We're going to get through this, and it's now becoming more and more certain we're going to get through this, as I've been saying the whole time. But now we could just be in the darkest couple of months before we get through this. We could see a spike in deaths. We could see... Uh, the normal depression some people deal with during the holidays. Battle it. Help each other battle it. And these are some of the methods how. Because this is one of the great arts of manhood. I'm proud of you. Hang in there. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men. 
Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production. 